say or just turn on the news. Everybody's got something to say about how something should be handled, how one thing or another should be handled. And, you know, you can hear it from every voice that's out there. I mean, every issue that comes up in the world, every single thing that happens, whether it's a pandemic or a war or a social issue or, you know, whatever the case may be, somebody's got something to say about it. Now, there's a lot of hopelessness, too. And in the midst of that hopelessness, people are still looking for advice. They're still looking for some sort of word for them, something that can help guide them, something that can help lead them, something that can help take their mind off of whatever the issue is. And a lot of the voices in the world are basically going to point you into yourself and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps or... Uh, see what you need to do for me time or, you know, figure out some sort of way in which you can strengthen yourself by being fed in one way or another. But they've got something to say, some sort of way to guide you. And unfortunately, it often guides us in the wrong direction. You know, it may work or help for a while, but then life just kind of keeps wearing down. And whatever that person said doesn't seem to really help anymore. As the gospel gets going, the gospel of Mark, I love the beginning of it. The beginning of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The beginning of the good news. You see, it had been a long time since a prophet had spoken. And there was a long wait as the Israelites were waiting for something to say, as they continued to wait for this Messiah that was to come, as they continued to wait for this person to drag them out of their hopelessness and give them hope in something, it had been a long time. It had been about 400 years since Malachi had been around. It had been about 800 years since Isaiah had been around. It had been about 1,000 years since Moses had been around. It had been a long time since they had heard a word from anybody that was guiding them anywhere towards where God was going to take them with a Messiah. It had been a long time since they had heard word about a Savior. And in that absence of God's word through prophets, people had something to say. Well, follow the law better. Work on your own moral aptitude better. See how good of a person you can be following God's law. Do that to perfection. That will get you in. Since we haven't heard a word, then you better do everything that you can in order to lift yourself up and make yourself righteous before God. That was the word. That was how it worked. It really doesn't sound that much different than a lot of the voices today. How are you going to do better at something? Well, just practice harder. Try harder. Be better. Marriage isn't working? Work harder. Not overcoming an addiction? Try harder. You see, there's a lot of fingers that will point us back into ourselves to dig a little deeper and work a little harder and try and get ourselves in a little bit better spot. The seat then John comes into the picture, right? And John the Baptist, as we know him, John who comes into this wilderness place, John who walks in and starts preaching a different word. 
He's not telling them to try harder or do better. He's saying repent for everything that you've done and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent of the things that you think are good enough and realize that they're not. But see, John's word is an interesting one. John, even in himself and in his position, is a very interesting one because as he starts to speak, he speaks in the line of the prophets. The first words we hear out of his mouth are from Isaiah. So he's bringing in words from the line of the prophets. And a little later, we start to hear words from Moses bringing in that piece of the law. And then we start to also hear words from Elijah and see that he's dressed as Elijah and standing in Elijah's place. And all of the law and the prophets that came before him that were pointing to Jesus, all of the prophetic words from Moses forward that were pointing to the Savior to come are all summed up in John. And so he stands as One uh, other theologian had put it with one foot in the Old Testament and one foot in the New Testament as this bridge between the two. And you hear everything that was to come out of his mouth. And then in the very moment that he's saying that, he points directly away from himself to Christ. And he says, I'm here speaking this word, making the path straight. I'm the one that Isaiah spoke about. I'm the one that Elijah spoke about. I'm the one that's here, but I'm not the Savior. I'm not the Messiah. I'm here to point you to him. And that becomes really important. Because in a world that is always looking to hear something, and they're always waiting for something to say something, you have something to say that is completely different than everything else that is said by anybody else in the world. You have a word that does not point people into themselves. You have a word that does not point people into their own abilities. You have a word that does not point people into their own strengths. You have a word that points them directly to Jesus and all of the uh, forgiveness that he has accomplished for them, for his death that he has died for them, for his life that he gives to them freely, for his righteousness that he covers people in in their baptism. You point people to him. And it doesn't matter where you've come from in life because people don't need to look to you for a savior they look to christ and so our job following in john's footsteps is pointing directly to jesus because as jesus has died for us we are baptized into that death just as he was baptized by john we're tied together with him through all of that And as he was raised from the dead, we live that same life now. That same promise is yours now. That same forgiveness is yours now. And that's the forgiveness that you get to speak to others. To point them to something beyond themselves, something outside of themselves, something that will accomplish everything that they want to have hope in. Something that they would hope for but can't find anywhere else. You get to point them to Jesus as the sole source, the sole place that all hope comes from, that all life comes from, and that all righteousness comes from. See, that's the beauty of the word that you have to say. The beauty of the word that was preached by John, the beauty of the word that was preached by all of the apostles, the beauty of the word that was handed down from generation to generation through the church. And as God works through his church to bring people unto himself, he works through you. He works through your life where he has placed you, where he has put you, whatever station of life that is, 
He has placed you there to speak his word. And it's going to sound different coming out of each one of your mouths, but we all get the same opportunity to speak Christ into people's lives. Because he has done everything to make us who we are as Christians. He has done everything to make us who we are as his children. He has done everything to make us who we are as his, given us the identity of redeemed, of forgiven, of loved. And then he sends us out with that same word to say something. Because there's ears out there that are waiting to hear of the hope that you have. And many of you have had it ever since you were a child. And sometimes part of our sin is that we take it for granted. But you're forgiven of that too. And then God calls you each day, a brand new day, to be able to live as his child and speak his word into somebody's life. And it doesn't always have to sound just like Jesus died for your sins and forgives you, though the conversation may go there. A lot of times it's just acting in a way that's different than what somebody would expect because you're acting out of love and, ben and their benefit, not out of anything that would be self-serving because you no longer have to worry about where you stand before God. You no longer have to worry about the things that are going on inside you. We lay those things at God's feet. We lay those things at, in His hands as he's there to take care of his children, as he's there to lift us up each day, as he's there to guide us by his spirit, as he is there to take care of you and lead you each day in his love and his grace and his mercy for the benefit of all those that he brings into your life. So during this time of Advent, on this second day where we traditionally look at love, we think of God's love for us and sending his son. God's love in Jesus, as John proclaims him and says, there's someone in your midst of whom I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie his sandals. He's coming to baptize in a different way. He's coming to change things in a different way. He's coming as the word of God made flesh. Think about that. John's own cousin, a guy he had known from childbirth, waiting till the time was right to point him out as the Lamb of God who would come to take away the sins of the world. And we look back in awe and wonder, just thankful of what God has done to forgive us of the things that break our relationship with him and to restore everything, to bring that reconciliation and to bring us back into a right relationship with him. And then send us out to speak that same word into someone's ears who's looking to hear something. And you've got that something to say. You've got Jesus. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done for us through Christ. And we pray that you would give us the courage to speak about the truths of him, about the forgiveness that you give us through him. And to the many ears that are lonely or depressed or hurting, especially this time of year, we pray that you give us the courage to speak those words into their lives, that there is a love for them that they will find nowhere other than in Christ. So we pray, Lord, that you give us that strength by your Spirit to point to Christ and all that he has done. In his name we pray. Amen.